Hey there. Hey, my stomach just made the biggest growling noise ever, and I don't think oh, I, we probably missed it. Yeah. Let's see. What a disappointment. Talk to me, stomach. <laughs> <laughs> this is two girls, one two ghost. Girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hey. Oh, and I am Sabrina. What just happened? I just there? burped. <laughs> <laughs> It was polite. I didn't even hear the burp. I only heard the ooh after. <laughs> it was very like internal. And then I, mm-hmm. I had the the relief afterward, you know? Like, yeah. oh, thank God that came out. Leia, stop eating my Thai food. You know what I hate is when it's something that should be a burp and it should be coming up, but instead it just kind of like creeps up your throat mm. and makes that weird. It doesn't make it to the top, but it makes that really awkward like stomach noise. Oh, but it's yeah. coming from your chest. <laughs> and so everyone looks at you. <laughs> Any bodily function is just awkward. Yella, you hate bodily functions too. This is an Encounters episode. Yes, this is where we read your stories. You send us to our email, which is twogirlsonegoespodcast at gmail.com. Correct. And a lot of them are scary. Some of them are nice and sweet. Some of them are unpredictable and twists and turns and we love all of them yeah i don't even know what we have for this episode because we kind of just pick them way ahead of time and then we're like mm-hmm. we'll see what the combo is and i don't know what crim it'll picked. be a surprise so i don't know what you picked i don't remember myself the emails that yeah, i chose half the time so. we're re-surprising ourselves what i i love these episodes so much because i get envious when like i see you respond to emails so i'm like man like i didn't get to read those ones so i love when now when we do these episodes i get yeah. to finally hear them that's the motive i was actually thinking about that the other day i was like because we still have emails that we have to catch up on because we promised to yeah to respond to all of them up until a certain date and i was like what if i just like dedicated like a whole weekend and just like cranked out like a hundred and then i was like sabrina would be so mad at me <laughs> for stealing all of those yep i would <laughs> should we just start well, let's start with one of the ones that you picked okay yeah this is from Caroline, and she says, Ouija board experience, very sad, very, very spooky. Hello, kindred spirits. I have a pretty big story for you. When I was a sophomore in college at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio, my best friend and I began to get really into the occult, witches, paranormal goings, uh, and etc. We really just did a lot of research and watched a lot of documentaries. We spent a lot of time in the cemetery on campus or would go into the supposedly haunted buildings' basements at night. The usual. This is what we did instead of partying with the rest of the school. We had used a Ouija board a couple of times in our dorm room or in the cemetery. We tried to follow the rules and etiquettes the best that we could, and nothing weird ever happened in the first few times that we used it. It was a glow-in-the-dark Milton Bradley toy for Pete's sake, so... (laughs) (laughs) Spring of our sophomore year, there were a few very sad deaths at our school. A group of girls in one of the school's sororities were on their way to Detroit Airport to go on vacation for spring break. They left from the school around 2 to two or 3 a.m. and took I-75 North to Detroit, Toledo. A woman had been spotted driving on the wrong side of the highway, passed about seven vehicles, and finally crashed into the girl's car. Three of the girls were killed instantly, and two of them were taken to the hospital and were in critical condition. Jeez, um, oh, I know. How horrible. The car caught on fire. It was horrible. This was extremely traumatizing for the campus population. My best friend and I tend to attract ourselves to these horrible situations. We're just very curious. And a month later, we decided to use the Ouija board. I'm not sure if our intention was to try to talk to the girls or what, but we had a feeling it was the right time to use it. We just asked, is anyone there with us? The planchette moved to yes. We asked for their gender, and the planchette moved from moved to G. 
for a girl question mark at that point we both questioned if the other was moving the if the other one was moving the planchette but we both denied it we then asked if they had a message the planchette moved to a few letters now of which i cannot remember but i remember the numbers three five and seven we had been writing down everything we were seeing and when we safely closed the session we examined our dictation we were both thinking and maybe we achieved a self-fulfilling prophecy, but we both agreed that five and seven was for the Interstate 75 and the three was for the three girls that passed. Ooh, it's almost like it's coming in like a mirrored image uh-huh. where it's just the order is the opposite, but it's still the same message. Ooh, which is actually interesting because if you think of the paranormal world being like a reflection of our own world. Ooh, that's... Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I kind of have the chills from that. Days later, we were going through finals. My best friend was having a hard time sleeping at night because she was hearing a ticking or tapping noise that sounded like it was coming from inside the wall and going around the perimeter of the room. I heard it too on multiple occasions. It was really creepy and others heard it too, but just said it was a building settling. Well, it was a cement building, so that doesn't really make sense. It was only happening in my friend's room as well, where we used the Ouija board. Then silly things would happen. The remote would go missing. Cups would tip over. Pretty standard stuff. My friend started having dreams about one of the girls in particular because she had a class with her. One night, my friend had a terrifying experience. She woke up to the tapping noise going around her room, and when she sat up in her lofted bed, she looked down to the floor and saw three dark figures. She said it looked like they were shadowy figures, but they looked staticky, like they were partly made of white noise. She determined that they looked like they were sopping wet, like they had just jumped into a pool in their clothes. Two of them were standing close to each other looking away, but one of them was staring up at my friend. She swears it was the girl that was in her dreams, and they also looked angry. When she told me this the next day, we analyzed the dream and determined that she was most likely visited by the the poor souls that perished in the crash. We thought maybe because the car caught fire in the crash, it had to be hosed down, which could explain the sopping wet version of these figures. Like, come on, stop. That year was really hard for our school. We had several attempted suicides, some completed, and a few students died of illness. One was hit by a car on campus. One student was out for a jog and his heart gave out on him. One student was killed by a shotgun in their apartment that was barricaded from the inside. It had not been determined a suicide and was being investigated as a murder. There were many sexual assaults and robbings as well. It was not a good year. I just discovered your podcast recently, thanks Reddit, and I thought about the pros and cons of telling this story a lot. I looked up to the details of the crash again and found out something effing weird. Apparently the woman that had been driving on the wrong side of the road crashed into the girls just after passing the train tracks on Devil's Hole Road. I can't make this up. Keep up the good work, ladies, and send off positive vibes. Thanks for reading my story, Carolyn. Wow. It makes you wonder if something came over the woman, like something evil was lurking there and just hopped in the car with her and yeah i mean it's you know you never know it's like one of the it's like um there's something wrong with aunt diane you know she right there was no sign of anything wrong with her and then she just something happened something came over her whether it was like a brain aneurysm or who knows or you know sometimes like people are very good at hiding signs of depression or sometimes something just like triggers or snaps or yeah Maybe, you know, yeah. someone is under the influence of some type of drug or something, just some chemical in your brain just doesn't work how it's supposed to for a moment. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Ugh. And those poor girls, like, I mean, it's interesting that her friend was having all these visions of them and like that they seemed angry, which it's just like, 
I mean, I would be angry too, just for like the the sheer fact that you were killed and on this on the way to a spring break, break vacation, you know, like life taken yeah. from you way too early. And it w- it wasn't supposed to be that way. It wasn't your reckless driving. It wasn't your inability to be cautious. It was completely a freak thing. Yeah, it's really sad. Okay, well, let's see what I have. Probably nothing uplifting. (laughs) (laughs) This is called Boy in the Window or Just My Imagination by Sarah. Hello, Rin and Sabrina. Oh, Rin. That's so funny because so many people call me Rin. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, like in middle school. I like that a lot. I was Rin and Rinny, Ben and Benny. Or Benny is like since I was like a baby. People have known me since I was a baby. Wait. We've never talked about this. My nickname since I was a baby was Breenie. Breenie, I know. Benny and Breenie. Oh, I love this. Benny and Breenie. Greetings from South Carolina. I'm a believer in spirits and the paranormal. However, this experience has me questioning whether my experience was paranormal or just my imagination. It happened the summer after my freshman year of college. My mom and I were going to walk my dog, Buddy. <laughs> Buddy. Mm-hmm. Buddy and I were standing outside, just waiting for my mom. The house across the street from us was recently bought, and people were renovating it. The house has a big window in the living room, sort of like my parents' place, and other houses around the neighborhood. And I remember seeing the lights on in this house. There was a little boy standing by the window. He had tan skin, Spider-Man pajamas, and dark curly hair. I thought the people had moved in. I assumed he must have been up watching Saturday morning cartoons. He waved, and I smiled and waved back. That is when it hit me. The day was a weekday, and the colleges let out before the school district, so the children were still in school. I saw him turn around, and he had this look like his mother had just called him, and the lights went out. When I looked at the house later, it was empty, and no one had moved in yet. No furniture, no TV, and I keep thinking whether this was a trick of light or maybe my head playing tricks on me i'm not quite sure when the neighbors moved in they did not have children and i have not seen the little boy since i'm not sure what happened in that house and i still wonder if it was a trick of light he just looked so real and this still bugs me to this day and i catch myself looking over at that house Mm. thank you for your podcast i enjoy listening to them during my internship I might submit my sleep paralysis story or the ghost woman that is attached to my best friend. What? See you on the other side, Sarah. Whoa. Okay, I don't think it was a trick of light because how do you see such details like Spider-Man pajamas, the curly hair? I mean, if it's a trick of light, like making a curtain or a coat rack or something look like the shape of a person, that's not seeing someone, like you said, detailed outfit, smiling, waving, and then hearing themselves be called and turning looking interacting with something else and then leaving that's not a trick of light two things the i always think of like do you, like there's a possibility that there were people you know just in the house because it was empty and they were using it like for their own purposes you know like people like who just like go house to Squatting. house house yeah and like maybe the mom did see like saw the kid by the window and was like hey like get over here like don't do that but i don't know like but the lights the lights were on if they were squatters they would not be turning the lights on well i guess maybe the little boy could have done right. it and then that was like why the mom was like hey don't do that 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could very well be a little ghost boy. I know. And this is so sad. But I always think when it's like children in their pajamas or anyone wearing their pajamas, I always think uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm-hmm. That something happened. Something horrible. Death in their sleep. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, man. But I'm also glad to hear that he's he seems to be having a fine time, you know? Yeah. I really wonder if the new people who moved in have had anything happen. She should go ask them. I mean, she still sees the house, uh, so. She should. Hey. Like, hey. Before you moved in, I saw a little boy in the window. Have you ever seen him? Just go buddy up. Also, the dark side of me is like, what if the family did have a little boy, but they like hide him somewhere in the house? That is messed up. The other day when I was at the workshop, I pitched something and the guy who was running it was like, you have a dark soul, don't you? <laughs> okay, I have another one. Okay. Wait, didn't you just read the last one? No, you did I you just read, read it. Corinne. <laughs> I'm concerned oh. concerned for you. I think I just read it so well that I myself sat here thinking that I was listening to it. <laughs> Before we read the next story, Corinne and I are excited to tell you about a new podcast we have discovered. Yes. It's called The Box of Oddities. Whoop whoop. Married couple Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth bring their irreverent brand of humor and unique chemistry to what has become one of the fastest-growing podcasts on their platform. Without insulting one another, Kat and Jethro each independently pick a true topic to surprise the other. They discuss unusual topics that range from parallel universes, which we love, to the frozen severed head of baseball legend Ted Williams. They discuss oddities from science, nature, medicine, history, to sometimes things a bit darker, which we love. It's all true stories of the strange, the bizarre, and the unexpected. And this is how cool they are. Jimmy Kimmel said, should you be the type who has interest in weird stuff, this is a fun thing to allow in your head. And Slugger from Sirius XM Lithium said, truth is stranger than fiction, and the box of oddities is the strangest of all. They actually have their first live show at the Zanies Club in Nashville on February 27th. If you're in the area and want to check them out. Nashville. Or if you want to listen to their podcast, they have podcasts twice weekly, Monday and Thursday every week. Fly a freak flag with a box of oddities. Check them out. Okay, Spirits from My Childhood from Chloe. Hello, I am a newer listener and I love the stories and I'm a history junkie too, so I appreciate what you're putting out. I listen to you while at work. However, I work an overnight custodial job, so sometimes I freak myself out. It keeps my job exciting, to say the least. I have two short, short, short um, I have two short stories that are from my childhood that make me believe in spirits. The first I don't the first one I don't remember because I was two years old, but my parents told me we went on a road trip and stopped at the Winchester House in San Jose, California, in order to check hey. it out. As a child, I never really threw tantrums or was even loud in general, and I was told that the minute we walked into the house, I began to cry and scream. They told me that I would not be reasoned with, and I kept running in corners and cowering. They decided to leave right after that and said that the moment they left the place, I was fine again and was acting like I usually do. Wow. My second story is one that prolonged through my childhood. Ever since I could remember when we would go to visit my grandfather at his house, I would always feel a very heavy feeling come over me. As a child, I never knew how to really deal with it, and I would feel listless, almost hopeless, and I would start crying at night when the feeling would be at its strongest around the house. There would also be this feeling of something roaming around the house, maybe some kind of person, but when you would look around, there would be no one there. 
As I got older, I would feel it less strongly, but I think it was because I knew how to deal with those emotions as I got into my teenage years and started to show early signs of depression myself. When I was around 16 years old, I found some old photos that I that had a young woman standing next to my grandfather whom I didn't know. I asked my parents about it and they told me that it was an aunt of mine who had very sadly completed suicide in her late teens in that house before I was born. Oh wow. I pieced it together and realized that it was very likely that the spirit or presence I would feel as a child was her. I felt so good that I could put a face on and a story to how I felt as a child there. I asked my parents about some stuff about her and learned things that she liked, but also how she was a very sensitive subject for my grandfather as he was her daughter. When I go there and I'm alone, I will say hello to her and talk a little about myself and how I wish I could have met her in real life. I especially do this when I go into her old room. I like to think she can hear me and at least she knows I'm family. There's another detail regarding the story about my aunt that I remembered recently when talking to my boyfriend about it. There are only two bathrooms in my grandparents' house. One that's my grandparents' room and the other which is my aunt's old room. While this is a really strange floor plan for a house, that isn't what was the strangest. For about 25 years, my aunt's room had been left untouched. I can remember being a child and hating having to go to the bathroom because it meant I had to go into the room. I can remember old notebooks left open on the desk, pens laid out across it, and many different objects around the room that made it look like it was lived in, if it weren't for the fact that it was all gathering dust like that. The only thing touched was the bathroom in the room, but other than that, the room was essentially a time capsule. I talked to my mom about it more, and she said in recent years, my grandmother has done has gone into the room and moved things about, dusted things, etc., I like to think this is another reason for why the negative energy in the house isn't nearly as strong as I recall it as a child. Unfortunately, clinical depression runs in my family, but something I've learned from the story is that I need to be open about how I feel with the people who know I care for me, from my parents to my sister to my boyfriend. Thank you for reading this, and I appreciate the hard work and dedication you two put in the podcast, so much so that I decided to become a patron of your Patreon now that I'm able to. Thank you again, and I'll bet I'll see you on the other side, Chloe. How amazing. Yeah. It's a hard thing when you talk about suicide, but I love that she had, when she herself was feeling down and in darker moments, Mm -hmm. Like, could reflect and know that she had another relative who went through the same thing that was there, you know, trying to provide some sort of comfort or let herself be known. Right. And it's interesting, the feelings that she had, she said she felt, like, really uncomfortable and, and like, just, like, uh, like the, the all those feelings she had as a child were 100% the feelings that her aunt had at the time. Mm-hmm. When she, where she died you know like right just all of that so vamped up and also the idea that no one would talk about her or that it because it was such a sensitive topic right it was hard for her like you know she's trying to let people know that she's still there and then totally so it comes off very strong i love that she says hi to her and talks to her that i know it's really know. sweet this is one of those good scenarios where spirit continues to show their presence yeah. because it's not it's not out of anger, mm-hmm. maybe, as much as it is about, like, love and support. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here's one that maybe is not as kind and nice oh, no. in, in the world because this is called Doppelganger. Oh, no. This is from Stacy. She says, I know this is really late, but I just recently started listening to your podcast and the doppelganger episode struck a chord with me about when my dad was in the military. This happened when my dad was probably 20, so a few years before I was thought of. 
but here it goes. So they were docked in France, and my dad and a whole bunch of his crewmates were supposed to hit the local bars and party, but my dad got sick, and at the last minute, he didn't go. He told his friends that he would go next time, but when the friends got to the bar, they said they saw my dad. Same height, same build. Everything about this man was exactly the same. Except he had a French accent, but he spoke English. They, of course, thought my dad was just messing with them, and they ended up partying with this guy all night and even got a picture with this guy. Oh, my gosh. The next morning, my dad's friends were teasing my dad, saying, Oh, I thought you weren't going to come out. And what was with that French accent last night? Uh And my dad didn't know what they were talking about because he was in the ship's infirmary all night. So there's six or so people saying that my dad was out. And the nurse and a few other shipmates who saw my dad and said that he was on the ship all night. So they don't believe my dad and say, dude, we got a picture to prove it. So a couple weeks later, they get the film developed and my dad sees the picture and he said he got chills because the man in the picture was an exact replica of himself. (gasps) But there was something a little off in the eyes. He gave the picture back to his friends and told them to burn it. And he was so adamant about it that they eventually tore it up and they threw it to sea. Oh, my gosh. Oh, whoa. I from Stacy. This is why doppelgangers are so crazy because it's like something tells this doppelganger that the real you isn't going to be at this event. Like there's no coincidences. Like this is so calculated. Yeah, you're never both at the bar. Yeah. And even if it was like a stranger who happened to look like him, there's no way. Like, there's no way that on that same, like, yeah, the, that wouldn't, that can't happen. My brain can't it, wrap up. The chances, my- the mathematical, not that I'm good at math, but I do know the mathematical chances yeah. of that happening is like insanely, insanely, insanely rare. Yeah. And here's the other thing. It's one thing if your friends see someone and they're like, this person looks just like you. But then, you know, when people do that and then you see the picture and you're like, or like who the person is, and you're like, well, I can see like the resemblance, but like we don't look that much alike. But the fact that her dad saw the photo and was like, it was me, Mm -hmm. but there was just something off in the eyes is so scary. So scary. And if his voice was just speaking in, a French accent, and that was the only difference. That means his voice, too, sounded like the father's voice. Like, just his voice, but with a French accent. Like, what did he say his name was? And how did he... How did he know... Yeah, I... I, And why was he so willing to leave whoever he was with and spend the whole night with these other guys? Random guys. He wasn't, because it was a doppelganger. So his pure existence is too... Infiltrate the friend group. Listen, okay, I'm all about having a doppelganger who's like on my team because then it's like a clone of you. And like, I'll be like, hey, I really want to sleep today. Will you go to the social event and like be me? Because that does sound nice. Circle back and let them know what happens, you know? Right. But you have to work together because otherwise it's just creepy and scary. I wonder if there have ever been, because this is like something that's always in writing and, Mm -hmm. you know, scary movies, like the idea that there's a twin and one of them, like it's a secret. But I wonder if that's ever happened in real life where there were twins that just teamed up together their entire lives and one of them would just go to each event and no one ever knew that they were twins. Um, The show Deception, which I am currently watching for the workshop because I have to write an episode of it. We it's that that's like in the pilot. It's like they're magicians and like the main character is magician. And then all of a sudden he's accused of like a crime and he has to reveal that actually it wasn't him. It was his twin brother. And the whole time he's been a magician 
and he's had a twin brother. That's why he's been able to like disappear and reappear in a different state. It's because his twin brother was doing it. Okay, well, that would be really hard to prove because <laughs> the twin could say, well, it was me that was on stage posing as the magician. Right, and they're he identical. Oh, man, what a predicament. Yeah. Doppelgangers man, are I scary. hope we never got in trouble with the law because sometimes it's scary how much evidence can either like work for you or against you. Right. Woo. So many new Netflix shows, too. I'm like, holy crap. Also, lots of things to read and tell stories about. So uh, if you have a story, email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com because we want all of them. There are also multiple ways to support us. You can support us by donating to Patreon and being a Patreon donor. One of the tiers actually moves your email submission to the top of the queue. So if you're like, they haven't read it yet, you can always go on to Patreon. Mm-hmm. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. We also have merchandise. You can buy a mug, wear a shirt, do whatever. And we will see you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very spooky.